So I've got a message uh, uh, today. It might get a little bit awkward in here. It might get uh, quiet and might get like, oh, this is kind of tender. Um, but just know I'm Pastor Adam. I love you. I'm trying to help you. Okay. Whereas we, <laughs> uh, okay. What's he going to say? So we're looking at Colossians 3.12. We're continuing on in our series, Colossians 3.12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, remember you're chosen. You're not frozen. You're chosen. As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, God doesn't tolerate you. He dearly loves you. He doesn't put up with you. He dearly loves you. Know that. You've got to know that as you hear this message today for sure. <laughs> Nobody here likes sugar-coated gospel, do they? I mean... Okay, <laughs> you do like sugar Come on, I said nobody here likes sugar-coated gospel. You, you, you want the real deal, right? Okay, okay. I want to just say it like it is. Lord, get my black preach on. There was God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. I just thought there was one visiting girl. I haven't seen you before. See, someone's upset. Andrew, I've upset Andrew already. He's leaving. But there was some, I was dancing around out the front, and then I, I, I went, and I danced, and, and there was one girl there, and I was like, she's like, I don't know who you are, and I'm like, I don't know who you are, because this is kind of awkward. Okay, I'll turn back the other way, and I go, so I apologize for the trauma I have caused you. <laughs> no, it wasn't Trina. You know who you are. <laughs> Therefore, it's God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Clothe yourselves. Everybody say, clothe yourselves. Now, I call this message, dress yourself. So this is like part three. I got to dress yourself. I was talking to uh, Paul Fleming uh, this week, who, you know, he had a crash this week. You know, Paul Fleming had a crash into a police car. He, he rode off a police car. Paul, of all the cars to crash into, crash into police car. That's Paul Fleming. <laughs> but I was talking to Paul. Paul. Anita was no better. She rode off our car hitting a hay bale on the motorway. <laughs> Actually, Helen was driving, so thanks, Helen. She's not here today. I said you have to fix the car before you can come back to uh, church. So I called it Dress Yourself, and Paul Fleming said, you should call it Put Some Clothes On. I said, oh, I like that. That's a good time. Put Some Clothes On. And the message version of that, it says, so clothe yourselves with, therefore as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience in verse 14. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. In the message version, I'm going to use that a lot uh, uh, during these messages, just simply because I love the way it uses the language and the subject that we're talking about, but the same passage in the message goes like this. Colossians 3.12, it says, So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, and discipline. Verse 14, And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. We don't need American Express. We need love. Never leave home without it. If you're wondering what to wear, wear love. You got a situation going on in your workplace. I don't know how to react. Wear love. I got a situation going down in my high school. What do I wear? Love. What the world needs an eye. Okay, that's a needs an eye. It's your all-purpose garment. But I said this when I preached this a couple of weeks ago because I had a bit of an interlude 
last, uh, uh, <laughs> not an episode, but an interlude last, last week, last time I spoke this, and I, uh, I just said, in order to put new clothes on, you've got to take the old clothes off. It's no good trying to put new clothes on over the old clothes. It's just stupid, and you look silly when you do that. So if you're going to put the old clothes, uh, uh, if, you, 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 if you're going to put the new clothes on, they go, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Danika, stop laughing so much, interns. But if you're going to put the new clothes on, you've got to take the old clothes off. And that's actually what was said in the previous verses of that passage in Colossians. It goes like this, Colossians 9 through to verse 11, which I think is pretty important because it's like 9-1-1. So it's like, this is urgent, yeah. It says this, do not lie to each other. Since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on your new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of its creator. In the message version, it says this, don't lie to one another. You're done with that old life. It's like a filthy set of ill-fitting clothes you've stripped off and put in the fire. Now you're dressed in a new wardrobe. Every item of your new way of life is custom made by the creator with his label on it. All the old fashions are now obsolete. And then it gives a list of the old clothes. It gives a list of all the stuff, the old clothes that, the, that should have been thrown in the fire. It gives a list. And it, remember when I, I, I said oh, a long time ago, if you, when you study the Bible, always look for lists. And so this is a list here, and this is what it says. These are some of the old garments that you can chuck off. We don't even want these garments at Sari Saturday, okay? We just said, no, 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 no. Get, get, get rid of them. And here, here's the list. It says, number one, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. So I want to talk to you about these things uh, on the list. It's getting quiet in this Presbyterian church. I mean, I mean, come on. <laughs> so, so if you are from the Presbyterian church, I'm very <laughs> sorry because somebody was last week. And if you came back, I'm sorry. Uh, thank you that you came back. Appreciate it. You're bearing with us. I don't even know why I say half the stuff I say when it comes out. So I apologize. <laughs> okay. So I want to talk about these so-called filthy set of ill-fitting clothes that you have stripped off. Or have you? Or have you? See, the first thing I want to say, number one, the first thing I want to pull out from the scripture is that it says don't lie to one another. So I want to keep it real. We're being authentic here today. We're, we're, just, we're just keeping it, keeping it real. So it says, don't lie to one another, or, 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 or at least don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to yourself. Don't, don't, don't lie to yourself about these things. Because I want to pause for a moment, because we can read them quick and just go, because they hurt some of them. But I want to pause and reflect and go, do I still have this in my wardrobe? Behind the coat, tucked away in the shelf, under the hat. I still got that. That rhymes. Keeping it real. See, let's be honest. In this time, we can have together, even if it goes, even if it hurts, even if it causes a little bit of pain, let's just be honest. At least 
with ourselves. Let's have a Michael Jackson moment. You know, I'm talking about the man in the mirror. Whoa. Okay, that wasn't very good. I'm asking him to change. <laughs> then, like, stop. We're not going to lie to you. You're not very good. Well, I want you to pause and think about this stuff for a moment. What about things like rage? Yeah, what about a punk? What about rage? Any of you here got rage in your wardrobe? You meant to throw it out, but it's sitting there, it's hanging there. Any of you got rage? Rage, here's the definition. If you want to know what is the definition of rage, the definition of rage is a violent, uncontrollable anger. I mean, this is a big thing. I'm just saying, do you get so mad that you're bad? Do you lose and abuse people when you get mad? Rage is a real issue in our today's society. I don't know what it was like. Of course, Paul mentions it in his uh, uh, Colossians there. So I don't know what rage was like back then. I don't know if they had donkey rage, you know, when they're riding and your donkey's following way too close to mine, you know, or whatever. I don't know what type of rage they had. But I do know in today's society, rage is a big deal. And it's something that people actually, and I, I believe personally, I think it has a lot to do with the way we're bringing kids up and stuff because we're bringing them up and they get whatever they want. Otherwise, I'm going to, you know, give me that toy, give me this. And we, we want it, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it now. And all we do is we just grow up, we're just big children. It's a good place to say amen. <laughs> amen. Don't get mad at me. I'm Pastor Adam, remember I said, and I love you and I'm trying to help you. Rage is an issue. I mean, just this week, I, I, I saw a guy in Sydney. It was on the newspaper. It was on, on the news. Uh, a guy in Sydney, two guys in Sydney, standing there having road rage, fighting now. Just yesterday on stuff in Turkey. Turkey. Man gets mad with a bus driver. The bus driver's down. The man is mad with the bus driver. Video camera captures him taking his umbrella and hitting the man who's driving the bus. The man who's driving the bus falls out of a seat down into the door thing while the bus carries on into the back of another bus. Rage is an issue. French tourists this week, embarrassed, came out of the court. He's on TV. He's not talking to anyone. Oh, that sounds more German. But he's coming out and he's, he's walking along because he got upset because he was hitchhiking. No one picked him up and he went into a fit of rage. And he did some stuff that got him self-arrested. Rage. You suffer from rage? Do you? Are there people who are scared of you when you get mad? Is your family scared of you when you get angry? Rage is an issue. I mean, road rage now is actually a term in the dictionary. It's actually in the dictionary, not just rage, but road rage. It's a real thing. I was looking it up, and here is the manifest. It's also known as a traffic tantrum. <laughs> traffic tantrum. Obviously, Paul Fleming had one of those this week. I don't like your laws. I'm driving into your police car. <laughs> it's on Ratanui Road if you passed it. 
a lot of people from church did and didn't know who it was. So, not anymore, Paul. Everybody say, we love you, Paul. But drive more carefully. So it was outside Pastor Victor's house. He didn't even come out. <laughs> Too embarrassed. It's Paul again. Well, no, no, he hasn't had many crashes. Much. Of course, he's a fireman. It was interesting when the fire brigade turned up. And you know what we're going to be talking about around the table on Monday night training? Paul. Paul's getting road rage right now. <laughs> but it talks about the manifestation of road rage. We talk about the manifestation of demons, manifestation of these things. Well, here's the manifestation. Do you exhibit any of the following manifestations if you have rage? Do you have any of the following? General aggressive driving, including sudden acceleration, braking, and closed tailgating. Cutting others off in a lane or deliberately preventing, this is in the dictionary, I've taken this directly, or deliberately preventing someone from merging, chasing other motorists, <laughs> flashing lights and or sounding the horn excessively, driving at high speeds in the medium of the highway to terrify drivers in both lanes, <laughs> shouting verbal abuse or threats, assaulting other motor motorists, their passengers, cyclists or pedestrians, Exiting the car to attempt to provoke confrontations, and last but not least, rude gestures, <laughs> such as the finger it says here, or then it had this thing, especially in Greece, giving the Montez, and then it had a link to you, could I was like, I've got to find out what the Montez is, I've got to know what it is. So in the Montez, like in, in Greek, and this is going to save if you travel to Greece, you're just going to be so thankful, so thankful I shared this with you. Okay, so in the Montez and Greek, the worst thing you can do, and that's the thing, it's different things in different cultures. Yeah. But the worst thing you can do in Greece is this. Yeah, we go, oh, hi, everyone waves back. <laughs> Pastor's got to be careful when he says, everybody give a high five in the church. Come on, somebody. Because a fight will start in Greece. Because that's like the, 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 the worst thing. But what do you do? Do you suffer from rage? I mean, you might not, not turn green or anything. But do you smash stuff when you get angry? Do you punch holes through walls? Do you hit things or do you hit people? People say, oh, no, that doesn't happen. It only happens in other churches. No, it can happen. I've been around a long time. I've seen a lot of things. Friends, if that describes you, you need help. Just like the ad says, it's not okay. It's not okay. We need to make sure we get order. Now, I'm not talking about just having a little bad mood day or whatever it is, but I, I'm, I'm talking about, see, see in, the message, in the message version, the same thing where it talks about rage, it uses these terms, bad temper, irritability, and meanness. Are you just mean? I'm not talking about being bad tempered or angry or just irritable every now and then. We all have days like that. Can I hear an amen? I mean, if we're honest, because remember, we're not going to lie to each other. We all, we all have those days. But I'm talking about people where, where this is like a way of life for you. Rage, man. You, you, you're just irritable. If you're one of the seven dwarfs, you'd be grumpy. It's just how it is. It's just, you, you just live in that zone. If that's you, you need help. You need to ask 
for him. Someone said this, uh, anger is one letter short of danger. I'll say it again. Anger is one letter short of danger. People say, it's not a sin to be angry. John Trapp said this, it is not a sin to be angry, but it's hard not to sin when we're angry. To address that issue in the church. Paul did in Colossians, so we need to today. We need to address that in our lives today. Do you suffer from rage? If your family is scared to talk to you, and, and can I just say this? This is not just a male issue. This can be a female. Just, just a couple of weeks ago, we watched two young women get out of their car and beat up another woman in, in Auckland. Just pull her out, smash her, give her a, a fractious. What? This is the world that we live in. So we've got to deal with these things. This is not just a male thing. This can be, there can be some pretty angry ladies. <laughs> All the angry ladies. All the angry ladies. Oh, no, that's single ladies. Sorry. Do you suffer with rage? Through the Spirit talks about self-control. The ability to control self. We need to do that. If you suffer from rage, you need to get help. More than what I can say just in a few moments speaking. But I'm going to ask Gia to put on a Facebook a couple of links that will take people. If you're going, you know, Pastor, that's me. That's in my wardrobe. In fact, I brought that out this week. I wore that this week. And then you can go to that link and find some tools that you can use to help calm the farm and settle the kettle. What about evil desires? It sounds weird, doesn't it? Evil desires. That's also on the list. Turn to your neighbor and say, well, the preacher got to be talking to you because he sure ain't talking to me about this. <laughs> Come on. Look at them like you, you know it now. Evil desires. Sounds kind of creepy. Sort of like, I know what you did last summer. Kind of creepy. But in the message, it says this. Here's how it describes evil desires. This is, this is what it says in place of just that, those two words on the list. This is what it says. Doing whatever you feel like. Ooh, you just feel attitude in that right there. Doing whatever you feel like. Whenever you feel like it. And grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. That's a life shaped by things and feelings instead of God. Do whatever you want. Evil desires. Feels good, do it. Friends, I don't know what attracts your fancy, but we have to watch out in our lives. What is your desire? Is it after the Lord? Or do we remember that old song, can't help myself? Bad habit. What's your desire? Who is your desire for? What is your desire after? Romans 6 verse 12 says this, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Don't, don't, don't do it. Don't let sin reign. What, what does that mean? It, that, that it rules. Give the devil an inch and he will be your ruler. Don't let him rule. 
in your life. The message version, that same passage says that this, that that means you must not give sin a vote. What does that mean? You don't give sin a say. Give it a say in your life. Don't give sin a vote in the way you conduct your lives. Don't give it, in fact, the time of day. Don't even run little errands for it. Oh, well, it's only a little thing. We'll just, yeah, never mind. Don't even run little errands that are connected with the old way of life. Then it says, throw yourselves wholeheartedly. What are we to do? We are to love the Lord thy God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. Don't give him a say in the way you live. Don't give him a vote. Throw yourselves wholeheartedly and full-time. Any full-time ministers here today? We are all full-time. Full-time into God's way of doing things. Sin can't tell you how to live. Martin Luther, the great preacher, said this, I fear more what is within me than what comes from without. Means I'm more worried about what's going on in my heart, the desires of my heart. What about you? What goes on? In your heart. See, Colossians chapter 3 starts off this whole passage that we're going to in verse, verse 1 starts off by saying this, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your hearts. Where is your heart set? What's your heart set on? Verse 2 says, set your minds. Verse 1, set your hearts. Verse 2, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, not on worldly things. See, what you set your heart and mind on matters. For where your treasure is, it says in Matthew 6, verse 21, where your treasure is, your heart will be also, not your heart will be where your treasure is. No, where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. What do you treasure? What does your heart set upon? What have you set your heart upon? Someone said a wandering heart needs a watchful eye. It means we've got to be vigilant. The Bible talks about guarding our heart for out of it flow the issues and stuff of life. What's your heart set on? People say, my heart's set on this. When you say, my heart is set on that, what is it set on? When I was doing a message on temptation, I don't know, a few years ago, I found this quote, and I want to repeat it today because it's so, so true. It says, the Satan, like a fisherman, baits his hook according to the appetite of the fish. What's your appetite? What are you going after? What are, you, what are you going after? What's your, what are you longing for? What's your mind set on? Uh, that's an important question. Romans 12 verse 2 says, do not be conformed to this world. Friends, we're not meant to just look like the world. We're to be in it, but not of it. Come on, somebody. About four of you. I said, God, it's a good place to say, amen. 
do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. You know, it's good to have an open mind, but Doug Barnett says this, it's good to have an open mind as long as it isn't open at both ends. Stuff just falls out. 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, we are to take every thought captive. Take captive every thought and bring it into the obedience of the word of God. What's your heart set on? What's your mind set on? Things above. First John 2, 15. Apostle John said this, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. All that is saying this, a person caught up in this world is not ready for the next. What's got your heart? What's got your mind? Another thing on the, the list is filthy language. Filthy language. In the message version, it says dirty talk, profanity. I looked up the definition of profanity in it. Here's the definition, bad language, strong language, coarse language, foul language, bad words, vulgar language, lewd language, swearing, cursing, cussing, choice words, or using expletives. Is that in your wardrobe? Hiding there in the back? Under the shoes, in the corner? Of course, language is a funny thing. There are different lines and different people think different things on different words but I, I, I'm not going to get into what words can I say and what way I mean that's just like the lowest form what can I say and what can't I say no. if you're in doubt about something then, then, then go up pick a level up how's your language you enjoy dirty talk lewd talk you let out expletives Words can mean different things, obviously, in different cultures. And that's when I was doing research for this, I, I actually put that question to Google when I was, Neil was around at the house and we, we looked at words in different languages that I just cannot say here today because you would be like, oh, no, you can't say it. But in other countries, they just mean totally something different. And, and, but, but here, so again, that's where we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to, to guide someone. So we can say this word, but you can't say that word. And you can say this word, but only twice on Thursday. We've had that experience here where words mean different. I remember American team oh, years ago, and I've been here for a while, I've told this story, but young American girl, she's jumping into bed on a cold winter's night. And one of our host people who were there billeting them came in and said, dear, would you like a hottie? She's like, excuse me, a hottie? Because a hottie in America doesn't mean the same as a hottie here. Hottie, you know. Okay, <laughs> 
I was just going like that. Okay, you're like, don't get it, don't get it. Get to the gym, Adam. But do you need to, your lines become blurred in that matter? How's your language? Someone said this, nothing is opened more by mistake than the mouth. you be happy with a pastor looking after your talking parrot how's your language only you know I'm not going to ask you you know your wife knows husband knows your friends know how's your language now I'm not saying any of this stuff here to upset you and if I have please don't get raged I'm saying this because these are issues that we can rush over and quickly read them out and just go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just stopping and pausing for a moment and going, "Mm, yeah. The next thing on the list is sexual immorality. You know what I want to know what I think about sexual immorality? Come next week. We'll talk about that and some of the other stuff on the list. Just pause. Don't think, oh man, no, no, that makes me feel uncomfortable. Then you need to be here. Allow God just to touch areas of your life. Every head bowed and every